Welcome back to the Highland Street Sports Podcast. My name is Andrew. I'm here with my co-host Garrett. And today we have NBA wrap-up, the free agency wrap-up, and then we have our bold predictions for this NFL season. Kind of thrown together last minute. We we honestly weren't sure what to do with the NFL topic for this week. We didn't want to drag out the NBA like too much longer. We have one more week until we have a consistent NFL news. Yeah. So. And it was just like, you know, what what can we do? And I'm like, I don't really want to rank teams or like pick playoff winners or whatever. You know, what, screw it. Let's let's do some predictions. So we have a couple. We have a little list here, uh, but we're gonna kick off with the NBA free agency. What do you want to call it? A wrap up or a recap? Yeah, a wrap or, up. I mean, we, we could, talked a little bit about it last week, so yeah. might as well just touch on the well, stuff the, that happened. The afterwards. thing was like everything kicked off at six, and our the podcast we stopped recording at like six thirty, so we we missed out on some of the news. First, we haven't done this in a while. If you have any questions, send us an email at highlandindisputed247 at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at highlandindisputed without the E. Just because it's been like six episodes since we've done that. So might as well for if we have anybody new listening. Gotta plug it. Gotta plug it. So let's just start. Do you want to do West Coast team or East Coast team or one of the two teams in the middle here? You surprise me. All right, let's start with the Lakers. The Lakers, I don't, did we talk about Westbrook? I think we talked about Westbrook. Maybe a little West, bit. Westbrook and Laybrick on the same team. And then basically the Lakers adding every single old player left in the league at this point. They, I, I actually liked the Dwight Howard signing. I thought that they missed him last year. So I'm not going to knock the Dwight signing. The Carmelo one I, have, I don't understand. I, I don't get that one at all. Trevor Ariza, he's washed. They got uh, Wayne Wayne Ellington is another one. I think he's washed. I did like. I, I was pissed about the Malik Monk signing because they got him on a, a a minimum deal. Yeah, like how do you get Malik Monk on a minimum minimum deal? He's twenty three years old. And then they got Kendrick Nunn also, who should be good for them. Am I missing anybody? No, I think, I I think you got them all. If you're missing anybody, they're not really notable to the team. I feel like I got them all. And I mean they kept Taylor Horton Tucker and yeah. they lost Alex Caruso which oh and they and then the trade where they get rid of Kuzma and KCP and Harrell which dumping Harrell was good cuz I thought he was awful for them last year and they kept Marcus All. So the average age of that team is like what 34 now. It's old and I think it's a bad old too because you're looking at a full season this year the favorites probably for the finals again. Can all of those people, all of those players hold up in the long run of, of the regular season and the playoff run and then potential finals? I don't think so. And we've seen it two years in a row with LeBron and AD battling injuries, and now you have Russ, who he's only really been injured once that, or twice in his career, but one, one of them was injury. really bad. Yeah. So I I don't think... And I mean Dwight Howard. I mean he's he's pretty reliable, but you got Melo too. Who, well, Melo's pretty much always battling a little bit of an injury. So long term, I don't think this team is going to be able to hold up. If they can, then I would say that they're an easy favorite to win the finals, which is good because I want to see Russ. Whoa, easy favorite. Hang on a minute. Not the, okay. The, the easy are... favorite to make the finals out of the West. Okay, all right. I'll give you that. Which is good because I want to see Westbrook and Carmelo at least have a chance for a, a ring. I don't know how much work Melo's gonna do. I wouldn't even play Melo. I, I w- if that if Melo is like any higher than the ninth guy on your rotation, that's a problem. Like he can't defend anybody. He cannot defend anybody. Yeah, but you're you got to think. You're looking at Westbrook, LeBron, AD, and 
probably Trevor Ariza to be playing a, a very, very large amount of minutes. So if you're if you're subbing Melo in in for eight minutes a game, I think you'll be fine. Yeah, I just think that like what Melo does is he's a volume shooter, and there's just no room on this team for a guy that needs eleven shots. Melo needs to be a guy that can make that can take four shots and make two of them, and that's just not him. Like he's never been that guy. I understand that he shot a career high from three last year. Like he was forty one percent from three. That's really impressive, but. The season was weird. There wasn't fans, and he wasn't asked to do a lot on Portland other than just stand in the corner. The problem with the Lakers is there's no shooting, and you're requiring Melo to be a shooter for you. Like, they need him to be a shooter. That's, that's a problem. Like, Portland could get away with it because they had a lot of shooting. The Lakers don't. Like, Westbrook, he's terrible from three. He's awful from three. He was the worst three-point shooter in the league last year per volume. LeBron James is average NBA three-point shooting. Anthony Davis is below average. You're going to be playing those two always. Marc Gasol, not great. Dwight Howard, obviously not. Kendrick Nunn can get hot, but for the most part, he's a below-average three-point shooter. Malik Monk has had one good year of three-point shooting. Trevor Ariza is so old, I don't even know if he can get a shot off anymore. And Wayne Ellington, like, can you name me one Wayne Ellington playoff moment? No, nope. like so. What's that guy going to do for you? I just, I think the Lakers brought in all the star power they could get, but it's the problem is it's not 2012. This team was 2012 Los Angeles Lakers. My God, like give them the title now. That's the greatest roster ever constructed. But it's it's honestly a roster that's five years past its prime. Again, they're banking on the the longevity of of those three main guys to be able to perform and make the finals. Will they beat Brooklyn if those are the two finals teams? I don't think so. I don't think Russell Westbrook is going to be able to compete with Kyrie. Kevin Durant is proving to be a, a, a better, may I say, much better player than LeBron. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not going to go that far. And then I still think LeBron James is like the just, first or second best player Just the, in the depth league. of the entire Nets roster I think will hold up more than the Lakers roster will. The The... The one thing I'll say nice about the Lakers here is I don't like the Westbrook addition for the playoffs, but I like it for the regular season from the idea. And I think I said this already. It's going to take minutes away from LeBron and it's going to save him. So I do like that. Like Westbrook can carry a load for a few games. But other than that, like we saw how he was getting guarded in the playoffs. You don't have to guard him. Like you just leave him open. As long as he doesn't get to the rim, you're good. Drop coverage all day on Westbrook. Like that's, that's the answer. Let's move on. Let's go let's, to the East. Yeah, let's go to the Knicks. What did you like that the Knicks did? Um, <laughs> you are a slight Knicks fan. Like yeah. You, you uh, rep the New York Knicks mellow. a little bit. I have one New York merchandise, and it is a Carmelo Anthony shirt from six, seven years ago that doesn't even fit me anymore. What do I like that they did? I, not much. I mean, they, <laughs> okay, they, wow, they, way they, to put it bluntly. They re-signed a, a bunch of guys, but other than that, I mean, I don't think the addition of Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier is really going to change much in the New York system. Maybe I love they that, win one playoff series, if that. I love that the Knicks took the two players off the Celtics that were the most frustrating last year. One, because he's constantly injured and has bad knees. The other one, who has consistently been the worst playoff performer in NBA history. 
Evan Fournier's playoff numbers, he's been in four playoff series, are the worst numbers in NBA history. If you want to look it up, go ahead and look it up. Just don't Google Evan Fournier's last name for all you Knicks fans out there. But, like, they gave Evan Fournier four years, $78 million. When NBA teams get in trouble is when they start giving those middle-tier guys, like, 17 to $20 million. You just don't do that. You don't do it. And then the other thing you don't do is sign two point guards to, like, not max deals and not, like, big, huge deals, but considerable deals that have massive knee injuries. Like, Derrick Rose, yeah, he's, he's healthy, yeah, but let me, just, let me just read off all of the contracts that, that the Knicks gave out. A four-year, or $78 million deal to Evan Fournier. A three-year, $43 million deal to Derrick Rose. A three-year, $32 million deal to Nerlens Noel. Three-year, 30, and then some change million to Reggie Bullock. Three-year, 30 mil to Alec Burks. Burks and a one-year, roughly two-and-a-half mil to Taj Gibson. Is there a single name that I just named that changes the system in New York to you? No. Is there a single name on that list that I said that makes the Knicks worse in the long term of the season? Long term just for this season or long term for the future? Most of these are three-year deals, so let's go three years down the line. I think they're just going to get worse over three years. Like Every single one of those players is at least 30, basically. So this season, basically the same Knicks team? Uh, no, because here's the thing. like The Knicks were successful this season because... The opponents in the NBA shot an incredibly low percentage from three against them. And sure, I'm sure the Knicks fans want to say that that's the system and that's their defense, but like they shot unbelievably low from three against the Knicks. And look what happened when you got to the playoffs. They got wiped off the floor by Trey Young. Like Trey Young destroyed them. And the players they signed, okay. Well, you let Reggie Bullock go. Well, what did Reggie Bullock do really good for you? Shot threes and played defense. That's all he did. You bring in Kemba Walker, who Boston couldn't wait to get rid of. They were so happy to get rid of Kemba Walker with two years left on his deal, they dumped him for a first-round pick. And like, the Celtics actually won that trade. Yeah, they did. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> well, Trader like, Brad. I, <laughs> Trader Brad, taking advantage of Presti. I love it. But, like, the, I'm looking at the New York, the New York roster right now. And namesake-wise, it's if you're going strictly the name on the back of the jersey, this is a team that can win a playoff series. No. But in the East? If you're looking at how these names have progressed over the last okay. years, then this is a team that will win another three games in a playoff series and nothing more. They didn't even do that. No. Like, like this, you, I mean, if Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and maybe Mitchell Robinson if he can stay healthy. If not, Maryland's Noel. That's the biggest if ever if Mitchell Robinson can stay healthy. Stay healthy. Like, that's, like, yeah. that's like saying Rob Gronkowski's going to play 17 games this year. That's just not going to happen. Like, Kemba Walker has a serious knee injury. Derrick Rose is 32 and has bad knees. Like, Nerlens Noel, is he any good? No. R.J. Barrett is the one player on the Knicks other than Emmanuel Quickly that I like. I, I like him. But you bring in Kemba Walker and you sign Derrick Rose to that deal. How does Quickly get minutes now? I mean, I like Nerlens Noel. I think he's an he's an okay player, but he's not a player that if you want to be a team that's competing for a championship you're or paying him ten million, yeah, or even competing for a, a shot at the Eastern Conference Finals, you're not having Nerlens Noel as your second best center. Not for ten million. No. Look. Like ten million is like what is, it's basically the mid level exception, which is usually like nine million dollars. All the teams last year that signed contracts with mid level exception bigs 
Could not wait to get off of those guys this year. Aaron Baines with the Raptors. He's gone. Tristan Thompson with the Celtics. They couldn't wait to get rid of him. Paul Millsap with the Nuggets. Paul Millsap is still a free agent. Nobody wants him. I can go on. There's, there's more guys. Like Whoever you sign to that mid-level exception when it's a big, usually for $10 million, it just doesn't end up working out. You gave Nerlens Noel $30 million over three years. Like You're overpaying for Nerlens Noel. You couldn't use that money elsewhere. And I'll say this about the Evan Fournier deal. Like, I understand they have to overpay in free agency, so I'm not going to knock the Knicks for that. But like, I would much rather have you spent $80 million on DeMar DeRozan, who we're going to talk about in a minute here, than Evan Fournier, who's never had any playoff success, who was awful in Boston last year in the playoffs. And I'll get, granted, he was coming off of COVID, and I understand that that can be a problem. But like, you just didn't add anybody to your roster that helps your young players develop. If anything, you're going to back your young players up because like, they're not going to get on the floor. You're going to struggle to get Emmanuel quickly on the floor if you're paying Kemba and Derrick Rose and Alec Burks, who they signed. And, okay, so where's R.J. Barrett come into play now? Like, you're going to play R.J. Barrett over Evan Fournier? Well, you should, but you're going to have to play Evan Fournier a lot of minutes. I mean, they're probably going to play R.J. at the three or Evan Fournier at the three. Okay, Obi Toppin. Where is Obi Toppin going to get on the floor? Obi doesn't have a starting spot. Right, and, like, he can't get on the floor, and that's a problem. You need to see if you, like, wasted a pick. I I just, I understand what the Knicks did, but I don't like it. I don't like it at all. It's the same old Knicks to me. I would have rather just signed a bunch of one-year contracts, kick the, you know, kick the can down the road on your cap space and try it again next year, like, there wasn't anybody for them to get this year, honestly. So I understand that. But like to just sign guys to three-year deals just to sign them makes no sense to me. Well, how do you go from trying to be a big-name target and getting Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and now you have a big name with, I mean, DeMar DeRozan's a big name in the NBA. Why did they, I want to know if they even threw him an offer. I don't know if they did. It doesn't sound like they did. Or even, like, I, I get... but. Why Kemba Walker and why not Lonzo Ball? See, that's the one that makes sense to me is Lonzo. Why wouldn't you go get Lonzo? And maybe Lonzo didn't want to go there, which whatever. But if someone doesn't want to go there, don't overreact and go get Kemba Walker. And what's funny is they interviewed Kemba Walker three years ago when he was a free agent. And they get Kemba Walker three years later when he has massive knee injuries and he's no longer valuable. Like, just just a complete miss on the next part. I... I they might miss the playoffs this year. Like, they might miss the playoffs. I just don't see how they're any better, and most of the teams in the East got better. Like, they got better. And, like, Boston's going to get healthier. So Boston's going to leapfrog you in the standings. Like, they're just going to be healthier. I mean, other thing, the Hornets got better. The Heat got better. The, the, the Bulls got better, but probably well, okay. for the worse of the franchise. We're, we we're going to get to right the Bulls now. here. We're going to get to the Bulls. The Bulls... I'll read off the contracts for anybody that doesn't know. Lonzo Ball, four-year, $85 million. DeMar DeRozan, three-year, $85 million. Alex Crusoe, four-year, $37 million. Daniel Tice, four-year, $35 and a no, half. No, da- Daniel Tice was a sign-and-trade to the Rockets. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Tony Bradley, a two-year, $4 million deal. So, I mean, those some big names in the NBA right now. But as you've said about the trade that I thought would work out for them earlier this year, what's it for? What is it for, signing these guys? Well, I'm just going to take a second or maybe fifth, tenth victory lap when I said that that trade for Nick Vucevic was just a disaster. Like, it's a disaster because look what it did. It put you in a position where you had to spend money on a 35-year-old DeMar DeRozan. Like, what's, what's the old saying? D- DeMar, DeMar, I say it, the less I like it. Like, I just, I don't understand. Like, so you bring in DeRozan, who plays basically the same style and position as Zach Levine. 
And yeah, Zach Levine's more athletic. He's a little better in transition. He's a bit better of a three-point shooter, but he's still an isolation scorer. Like, that's what DeMar DeRozan is, okay? You have Vucevic. Vucevic is a slow-it-down center who's terrible defensively. Okay, well, so now you have DeRozan who's going to be bad defensively. You have Levine who's, like, come and go on defense. Like, every now and then he plays hard on defense, but for the most part, like, he's just an average to below average defender. You have Vucevic, who gets crushed in pick-and-roll switches. He's awful in the pick-and-roll, okay? Lonzo Ball, I like the Lonzo Ball signing, but the problem with the Lonzo Ball signing is I feel like Lonzo Ball needed to be in a stable situation. What has been stable about the Chicago Bulls since 1998? Has anything with Chicago proven that it can be stable? Billy Donovan is your coach. Billy Donovan has got to be one of the most unstable coaches in the NBA. That guy could get fired, like, tomorrow, and I wouldn't be shocked by it. You're a Thunder fan. You know all about Billy Donovan. Like, one of the most frustrating coaches in the NBA who likes to run one system and one system only. Billy Donovan took a team of Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and Kevin Durant to one final. That was Scott Brooks. Oh, it wasn't even Billy Scott Donovan. Scott Brooks was the coach of that team. So, Billy Donovan's done nothing. Billy Donovan still had Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant at one point and did absolute nothing blew with a both of them. Blew a 3-1 lead to the Warriors yeah. and then lost Kevin Durant. So, I mean, is he a good head coach? No. Is he a guy that I want coaching my team and then picking up a young, probably future all-star in Lonzo Ball and an old, a 32-year-old all-star in DeMar DeRozan who just no, signed a... Th- 35. He's 32. Looking, I, thought he, I thought he said he was 35. I'm looking at his age right now. He's okay, 32. he's 32. All right, fair enough. But, He'll be 35 at the end of that contract. Yeah. Are those two guys... Like, Lonzo Ball, sure. You have a young guy playing with your other somewhat young guy in Zach Levine. That I like. But then you're adding a 32-year-old DeMar DeRozan, and then you had a, a I want to say Vucevic is 30. I believe Vucevic is 30, yes. You're I want to say he was 29 at the trade deadline. You're adding two guys, that, and both of those guys really don't fit the system that you're trying to run. Well, I just don't understand what the system is because you have all these isolation guys, but where Lonzo thrives is in transition, and you're not really a transition team. Like You're kind of a slowed-down team. Now, you're a transition team if you go small and you play, you know, Kobe White and Patrick Williams and Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball and pick your center, but you're asking a lot of Patrick Williams. Like a second-year guy that was good last year but needs a lot of development. Like, you're asking a lot of him. You're now going to ask him to defend the best player on on the other team every single night. Like, that's a lot to ask of a second-year player who's not like some defensive stopper coming out of the draft. Like, he was a solid defensive player coming out of the draft, and he's athletic, but to ask him to have to defend Kevin Durant, Giannis, and LeBron potentially in a four-day stretch, like, that's a lot. That's a lot to ask of a guy. Like, you're going to get crushed defensively. I like Lonzo on defense, but I don't like Lonzo on defense when he's going to be asked to guard, like, really important, impactful players. He's just going to be. And I I understand why they did this, because they want to make sure that they don't lose Zach Levine. Let me ask you this. If Zach Levine's not good enough to get you in the playoffs with a team with Nick Vucevic and, you know, surrounding pieces. like Surrounding you, young pieces. Yeah. Are you really going to want to pay Zach Levine $170 million over five years? Not me. Can I interest you in that? Like, why? I don't understand. Like, this is what I'm talking about, being mediocre. Are, is there a guarantee that the Bulls make the playoffs this year? Like, is there an actual guarantee that the Bulls make the playoffs? Because you know how good DeMar DeRozan is? DeMar DeRozan got the Spurs, who have nice young pieces, to, you know, like the ninth pick in the draft or the tenth pick in the draft. Wow. Great job. Like, 
really? You know, that, that's, that's where he got them. And I, You're in the East, and the East got better, like we just said. Yeah. I just, I don't buy it. I'm not in. They don't have picks moving forward. They had to give up a pick to get DeRozan. Like, you had to give up a protected first to get him? Not worth it. He's, he's 32, like you just said. No way. I'm not paying that guy $80 million. So, I'm going to say that the Bulls are a playoff team, but at what cost? Two hundred and forty-six Play, million playoff team dollars to over twenty-two years. Go home years. in the first round. Yeah, and like, I guess they don't have a choice because they don't have any picks because they traded them to Orlando. But like you're you're going home in the first round. Congrats, you did better than the Knicks did, but that's really not yeah, saying like, much. Oh, you yeah, you got players the Knicks probably wanted, and you beat them out for them. I, I honestly would like those players better on the Knicks because at least I trust Tom Thibodeau to be a good coach. At least there's a system. I even said it. I said DeRozan on the Knicks would be a good fit because the Knicks needed an ISO scorer that at least like with three minutes left in a game, like I can trust him to go toe-to-toe with a lot of guys. I can at least trust that, and there's defensive pieces around him. Chicago, what do you have? And they have no bench. They have no bench at all. You have Alex Caruso and Kobe White off your bench. That's your bench right now. You, You don't even have a bench. Like, Who are you relying on? Two guys get in foul trouble, you're absolutely screwed. You're screwed. Two injuries, you're done. Like, it's over. You have no chance. So, yep. no, I completely agree. Uh, we brought up this team, this other team also, the team that Lonzo left, the Pelicans. Not a lot of additions. Do you have them in front of you? I do. Okay. Read off the additions. It's not much. But. They have Devontae Graham, a four-year, $47 million deal. Didi Luzada? Yeah, I, don't, I didn't know who that was, to be honest, so I'm just going to pass on that name. He was on the Pelicans before. Oh, okay. Unless he's the rookie they just got. He's 22 years old. So, I whatever. He signed a four-year, $7 million deal, and then I mean, they lost James Johnson to the Brooklyn Nets. So, really only four... Two, one new player, Devontae Graham, from Charlotte. But, I mean, I, I think the I think the Pelicans are doing it right. Okay, I, I couldn't disagree with you more. I really couldn't. Like, And here's the thing. I'm, I've read into this a little bit. I've heard that Zion's family is going to tell him to sign the qualifying offer when he comes into free agency for the first time, play the one-year qualifying offer, and then become an unrestricted free agent. As much as I think that they're telling him that, I 1,000% do not believe that he's going to turn down like a $210 million contract from the Pelicans. But what I do understand is that he can sign that contract and then three days later ask for a fucking trade. And you can't get Chris Paul screwed up with Chris Paul, lose Chris Paul, get Anthony Davis screwed up with Anthony Davis, lose Anthony Davis, then get so lucky that you get you move up seven spots in the draft and get Zion and then screw it up with Zion four years in. Like, the roster just doesn't make any sense. And so you make that trade with the Grizzlies to get rid of Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe to clear cap space, to get Kyle Lowry was the pipe dream. You don't get Kyle Lowry. Why do you let Lonzo walk? For Devontae Graham, who's not as good of a three-point shooter as Lonzo is, not nearly as good of a defender. Devontae Graham's a terrible defender. Like, he's awful statistically and then like he's not good in the paint he can't finish he can only shoot threes and he's not even 
He's only a catch-and-shoot three-pointer. Like, I just don't understand what the point is. The, the roster is not built for Zion. It's not. Do you think Lonzo kind of just told the Pelicans, like, hey, I do not want to be here? Like, I feel like if they offered Lonzo $110 million, he would have stuck around. Would he, though? I think he would have. I don't see why he wouldn't want to be there. Like, I know that there was some, some locker room stuff, but that came from Stan Van Gundy because he was, they didn't like him as a coach. Like, you don't want to play with Zion? Like, he's a generational talent, and he fits exactly what you do. Like, Zion and Lonzo in transition is awesome. I don't understand why that wouldn't be something that would stick. Yeah, but is it Lonzo, or is there something else there that the Pelicans should have probably looked into getting rid of? And uh, I mean, Ingram? maybe maybe they should have traded him at the deadline if they knew he was going to leave. Like, they would have known he was going to leave. They weren't making the playoffs, so it's like, okay, are you going to stay with us this year, or are you done? And clearly he was done, so why didn't they trade him at the deadline? And then, like, you get back Tomas Sadoransky and Garrett Temple, like, Oh, that's going to really make Zion want to stay here. You can't lose him. Like they, they can't they cannot lose another one. They just can't afford to. See, so I like what the Pelicans have right now. I I mean, let me rephrase that. I like what they have in in three positions. I like DeVonte Graham. I think Brandon Ingram might be a little bit overrated, but I like Brandon Ingram and then they have like you said generational all-star talent in Zion Williamson. Jonas Valanciunas is a nice center that you got you you can get for cheap, which the, I'm pretty sure he's on a cheap contract. Yeah, I think he's about eight million. I I, I like Valanciunas. I don't like his fit with Zion. He's in the paint, like he just. It's the same issue with Stephen Adams. It doesn't make sense. Zion's got to play like Giannis, and he's not Giannis, but he has to dominate the paint like Giannis does. And if you have Valanciunas down there, there's too many other bodies in the paint. Yeah, and then, I mean, their point guard is Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Yeah, and I'm sure half of our listeners have never heard of that I'm guy sure before. I'm sure more than half. Probably. Never heard like, of I know who he is. I don't know who he is. Right, like, you <laughs> don't know who he is. I do, but I'm sick in the head. So, yeah. you know, that's why I know who he is. But it just doesn't make sense. And if they screw this up, they're going to lose Zion. And I don't know who the next Zion, Anthony Davis, Chris Paul is coming down the lane. And maybe they'll get lucky... It, it, is lock like fourth times a charm? Is that how it goes? Like, you can't screw up another guy. And honestly, I'm at the point now, like with New Orleans, where they need to move the team. I've kind of been there for a while. It just doesn't make sense. Like, I've been to that state. I've actually been to a Pelicans game before. And like, you go to the Smoothie King Center. That's what it's called. What a stupid name, by the way. The Smoothie King Center. Like, you go there and you walk in. And everything is like New Orleans Saints style. Like every like the seating, the way the colors of the seats are, it's like got this Saints atmosphere to it, and nobody's at the games. Like nobody cares. Well, can we just talk about how everybody, not everybody, but over the past few years, the Pelicans have had an all-star leave their team and become a champion? Yeah, you mentioned this the other day, so give me the list. Anthony Davis two years ago winning with the Lakers. Drew Holiday this year winning with the Bucks, And, I mean... Is that a sign that it's just a Pelicans organization losing top-level talent and they go elsewhere with an all-star and they immediately do put in work and, and do stuff? Or is that just kind of one of those things where it worked out that way and it's a crazy statistic? Right, and like they, they trade Drew Holiday. The only reason they traded Drew Holiday is they didn't want to pay him. He wasn't asking for a trade. He wanted to be there. Like You traded a guy that fit really nice with your roster. Wouldn't it have been nice to have him on the team last year because your team was awful defensively? Like, 
he's pretty good. We saw it in the Olympics. Drew Holiday's a pretty good defender. And it just doesn't make sense. They just got rid of him for picks that are going to be in the are basically going to be 29 and 30 for the next 4 years or 8 years or however long the picks go. And like the Anthony Davis thing they had to trade him. He he asked out Every time an athlete signs with clutch, like you're basically going to get that guy for seven years and then he's going to leave. Like it, that's just going to happen. But I mean, you're just you cannot afford to screw up another player. I honestly think they need to move the team because they can't attract free agents. Like who wants to go there and play? The fans don't care. You're like the third most popular team in the city. LSU is more popular than you are. Probably Louisiana Tech University is more popular than you are. Obviously, the Saints are more popular than you are. The Saints own the Pelicans. Like, that's the same ownership group. The stadiums, it's on the outskirts of town. Like, it's different for basketball than football. Like, people are willing to drive to that. Basketball games, you don't want to have to walk all the way to the outside of the city to go to a game. And there's no parking over there. So, it's, it's hard to get to. It's already not a popular team. I just would say that they need to move it and get it to a different city. Maybe Seattle. I think they should move the team to Seattle. I think you would be able to attract free agents there. I think that would help with Zion. I think that would cool the Jets down on with his family. I also would call his bluff. I would say, okay, sign the qualifying offer them. $12 million, sign it, play for one year. Turn down $210 million. Like, I would call him out on it. But you can't really risk I think risk Zion that. is one to, to turn down $210 million. $210 million. Especially someone with knee injuries, though. I'm not a huge Zion guy. I understand that, but he has, like, knee problems and we don't know how long his career is going to be like yeah but could you imagine if he turned down 210 million dollars and then the next season blows out his knee and basically signs a minimum contract but look at that look at the spotlight he's been put in his entire career he's been a spotlight guy spotlight guy since he was a sophomore in high school freshman yeah a freshman in high school Duke was all anybody ever talked about his one year in college, and then him going to the Pelicans has been a big talk since he went to the Pelicans. His name has never been able to leave Sports Center's mouth, Pelicans fans' mouth, and even yeah, any, he's, any he's that big. Like he's, so, you don't think that his ego's hurt right now and saying, "Oh, well, the Pelican." Like, yeah, his ego's going to be stroked for a bit. He signs two hundred ten million dollars, and his name never goes anywhere. I don't think he's going to perform on the Pelicans. I, I think if he wants well, to I think be, he's performing. He's putting up 25 and 11. His yep. team's terrible. Yes, but the Pelicans don't get talked about. So does Zion Williamson get talked about? Because, I mean, let's look at other all-stars that were on bad teams. LeBron was on the Cavs. The Cavs were terrible. LeBron was still talked about because he was performing and bringing the Cavs. Oh, he was bringing the Cavs places. Well, no, no, but you're missing what I'm saying, though. It's one thing to turn down a $210 million extension when you can just go get that somewhere else and you don't have chronic knee problems. He has the danger of if I turn down massive money and the one, cause if you sign the qualifying offer, you have to play with the Pelicans for one year. You can't sit that out. You have to play it. Like if he gets hurt in that year, that's a massive risk. He could get hurt and not get an extension from somebody. If you, if you get on your third knee injury in a span of four years, like, People aren't going to pay you. They're not. You can't afford to not do that. And once you sign that extension, like, the Pelicans don't have to trade you. I mean, they they would because, you know, you could really screw them. But, like, they can't not trade you. So I would call the bluff if I'm the Pelicans. I get what you're saying, but in Zion's circumstance, I don't 
it makes no sense. No, no, I think the Pelicans should call the bluff either way. I'm just saying I wouldn't put it past Zion to just easily sign that qualifying offer. I think his ego is just like I'm. Gonna, I want to go somewhere where I'm going to be talked about all the time. And I mean that's fair. The problem is nobody's going to have cap space. <laughs> There's no cap space. Welcome to the Oklahoma City Thunder, boy. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Oh, he's going to go from New Orleans to Oklahoma City. At least money. I can get seafood <laughs> in New Orleans. I don't know what I can get in Oklahoma City. Herpes, maybe, or something <laughs> we, like that? We've got money. That's about it. Money, yeah. All right, let's transition here. Let's take a quick break. And that's a screw-up by Tamara. You're, you're just <laughs> oh, not playing man. right anything. That's staying in. You're not editing that out. Great that job. Is, that is staying right I absolutely right in. love the meltdown by Tamara <laughs> on the board. Let's go. Didn't even need to like plan what I was going to say to bring us back in. That was just that wow. was perfect. Fantastic. She's going to cut it. I know she's going to cut no, it. No, she's not. I made sure to talk over the sound effects unless she like <laughs> makes blank space to Adam. We're leaving it in. If it's not if I don't hear that on Wednesday or tomorrow, I'm going to be really upset. That was epic right there. Okay, so we're going to do bold <laughs> NFL predictions. This was kind of a last-minute draw-up here, but I, I kind of like what we, writ- we wrote down as far as the categories here. So let's start right at the top. Let's go with the fun one. Who's your MVP prediction for the season? Joshua Allen. Okay, so obviously it's going to be a quarterback. And I, I'm going to lead that into Josh Allen leads the Bills to the Super Bowl. Whoa, we got a Super Bowl prediction i have my too. super bowl prediction i can say the full thing if you want me to or you can let's, save that let's for save that episode. for the last category we'll okay. add that all right i've slowly been debating that throughout this podcast and i've i've figured out what i'm gonna go with okay my mvp is tom brady okay at age 44 that's what i have josh allen is my second vote getter for mvp i think he's gonna finish second in the voting okay i i don't disagree i think Tom can do it. I don't. I'm not going to be the guy every year that says, "I did that for three years straight. I can't do it again." I can't say, "Yep, he's too old. He can't do it this year." Look, the team stayed the exact same. Antonio Brown is progressing in camp. I mean, Chris. I've heard nothing about Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. I'm assuming they're the same old player that they've been for the past however many years in the league. I mean, Mike Evans is entering season eight and he's going for another thousand yards. Yeah, he's like, got consecutive so many consecutive thousand yard seasons that and Chris Godwin like actually gets to practice with Brady now. Like he missed all of preseason last year with him. He didn't get to practice hardly at all throughout the season. Like it's gonna be huge. And the full strict presence of O. J. Howard, there's not another tight end there to take his work. Well I like well Gronk. Well yeah Cam Brady. I think O. J. Howard's gonna be kind of the guy at the tight end position. He was he was the first guy that Brady really had some chemistry with and then he got hurt like yeah. so that that was kind of a blow and I just think a second year in this offense with these guys in an actual training camp with a preseason like I'm just going to predi- I'm going to add this to my bold predictions. Tom Brady breaks the passing touchdowns record which is held by Peyton Single Manning. season? Single or, season. Okay. F- f- he already has the Oh, yeah, he does. Uh, I'm going to say he breaks it. I think he's going to have like 56 touchdown passes. I really do. That's just kind of where I'm at. I think they're just going to be on this mission to just destroy everybody and prove that like last year wasn't just some fluke, and they brought everybody back. I love that. They didn't lose shit. Yeah. So that's who I have. Your Josh Allen thing, honestly, I I can explain it if you want me to. No, go ahead. Absolutely. I mean, you you saw the presence of Josh Allen last year. He he got – 
two votes, two MVP votes, I think. Two or three. Year. Yeah, he had a few first place votes. I think Stefan Diggs is going to progress touchdown wise, maybe not yardage wise. So, I mean, that's more touchdowns on Josh Allen's resume. The presence of other receivers is, is gr- growing. Cole Beasley is going to end up being a very good receiver, I feel like. And there's still no run game. Josh Allen is still the only running back that the, the Buffalo Bills have. And it showed last year. He got, I think he had seven to eight rushing touchdowns all within the all within the, the five-yard line. I think it was eight. Yeah, Sounds so, about right. so that's going to boost him right then and there. And then I think just the overall record that the Bills are going to have is just going to be too much to deny Josh Allen being a an MVP next year. It's a good case. I, yeah. I he's Like I said, he's going to finish second for me. That's what it's going to come down to, you know. So I, I don't have any issues with that. Let's switch over to – let's go offensive player of the year. Okay. Who do you have? I have Ezekiel Elliott. Wow. I'm going to need you to explain yourself. So – Wait, wait a minute. First of all, we spent – you spent last week or the week before shitting on the Cowboys, but Zeke's going to win – I shit on them in the fantasy podcast. No, right? no, no, no. Oh, no. yeah, because I talked the about their record. You so Zeke's going to be offensive player of the year, but but they're can you record? not can you no, not okay, but lose games if you're, and still if rush you're run, for a lot? If your running back is that good, oh, I have another option. If you want me to switch, no, 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 you said it. I'll go with my first option because I thought the case to be made was a lot harder, and it probably is. I think Darren Waller is going to have the best oh, year you'll ever get see out, out of, of a tight that. end. No, get out of here with that. Best year ever out of a tight end. So you're looking for the like, other options in 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 Las Vegas, other than. Josh Jacobs and Kenny and Drake. Well, the fact that the Vegas Raiders are awful, and yeah, he might put up some stats, but who else do you have to defend on that team? Like that best year. No, I don't think a tight end is. I think Gronk did. Gronk might have won Offensive Player of the Year, but like Offensive Player of the Year for Darren Waller. Well, this is where I said, look, no there's way. a hard case to be made for it. I just no, I don't think there is a case. I think there's so many guys that I wanted to put here. I had Tyreek Hill written down at one point. Tyreek Hill, I can I can understand that. Like, but a potential like 1500 yard season with 12 touchdowns. Like, I can see that. I think it's Zeke's the Zeke's year back after a terrible year with no Dak Prescott. Offensive line has improved. We saw it at the Hall of Fame game. You even pointed it out to me. Zeke lost some weight, and it looks like he lost some good weight. So I feel like Zeke can rush. Not do what Derrick Henry did last year, but come pretty damn close rushing yards wise. Like I, I think Zeke's a fair choice. I just think it's funny that you spent last podcast like just tearing the Cowboys apart, and you can lose games and still. Okay, be I understand that, of the but year. like if your running back is offensive player of the year, especially with the Cowboys, like the Cowboys' offense is so potent. If the the problem with the Cowboys' offense is we're not sure if Zeke is going to be the real deal this year. If Zeke is the real deal, like, I got no reservations about C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott. Like, I know how good they're I said be. I had no problem last week putting them as winning that division and making the playoffs. I just think okay. the football team has a way okay. more right. well-off right. defense, right. and that's going to carry them. That's fair. That's fair. So, like, I get I, I've slandered the Cowboys a lot. Maybe I need to do five apologies to Cowboys I think fans, you, okay, I'm gonna fans just, next week. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you about this one. Like, I think that you lose objectivity with the Cowboys, and a lot of people do. Like, I try to be objective about every team, and there are a couple teams that I'm not. Like, I'm not with the Bills. I'm, I'm a little rough on them, which I will be doing a five things I like about the Bills <laughs> at some point here. That is, that is in the works. But, like, you are incredibly not objective about the Cowboys I, sometimes. I think I might agree. And I think you got to cool it with that because 
it it got a little out of hand a couple times. Like they lost the draft, and you had them ranked really low in your rankings, and it's like they're not that low. Like they just can't be. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a warning. All right, you are you are like two really (laughs) harsh Cowboys takes away from ten nice things about the Cowboys. Okay, okay? that's where we're getting with that. Okay, I'll take the warning with a grain of salt. And as I'm saying that, I have to do a five things about the Bills. That will be next week. I promise. I also have to do five things I don't like about Tom Brady. I have been challenged to do that. I'm just going to be honest. I'm only at number two right now. I need another week to think about it. Maybe two weeks. I might need a whole season to think about it. But uh, my offensive player of the year is Alvin Kamara. Okay. I, I had some other guys written down. I had Delvin Cook written down. I actually had Tyreek Hill at one point. I thought about him. I had Nick Chubb also. I think we're going to see Kamara kind of unlocked this year a little bit more. He might get some more touches. I mean, the absence of Drew Brees is going to hurt him. I think that hurts him. But I think that it's also going to just increase his touches. They're going to need him to touch the ball. Michael Thomas is going to be out. Like I still trust Sean Payton as a play caller and a play designer to get him in, in space. So I like that. I think if he was on any other team, I wouldn't like it. But I trust Sean Payton as a head coach. That's my reasoning for that. I just think Kamara is going to have to be unlocked. For them to have any success, Like he's going to have to have like 2,000 yards of total offense. Maybe not rushing, but total offense. I think you're going to have to see like a Christian McCaffrey kind of season out of him. Interesting. I, I mean, that's fair. I didn't even really think of Alvin Kamara. I just don't think the Saints are going to be able to hold off, hold off enough for Kamara to perform well enough for an MVP. I think Kamara is still going to perform like Kamara always does, but it's enough to win an offensive player of the year I, I i don't think so that's fair i i just kind of was trying to think out the box because some a lot of times the offensive player of the year award is some guy that you're not you don't think about early in the season so i didn't want to pick like the easy ones like derrick henry like that's yeah. that just seems really obvious like i think derrick henry could go for 2000 yards again like that's it's pretty easy to see that camara like i think there's going to be some things unlocked with him that are is really going to be good yeah. Rookie of the year. What do you got? Oh, offensive rookie of the year? Yeah, offensive rookie of the year. Sorry. I think there's only one option. And I'm assuming you have the same thing. I definitely do not. Because you have Trevor Lawrence then. Nope. I have Najee Harris. Nope. I think he's the only option. He's in the best. You don't think Kyle Pitts is an option? I've slandered the Falcons so much, I don't think he's an option. I, so, I, like, like I, okay, 1,100 I think, yards I think he, and 10 touchdowns out of... I think Pitts. he'd be at number three on my list. I think it's okay. Najee, Trevor, Kyle Pitts. Okay. Um, I think Najee's in the best system. He's the not the only running back in Pittsburgh, but, I mean, let's be real. If he's not the three-down running back, Pittsburgh is doing something wrong. Okay. So it's not a very big pa- – it's going to be a passing offense up until they realize that they can't be a passing offense with Big Ben's arm. And I might be wrong. Big Ben could progress this year, progress at such an old age, but – it's got to be Najee Harris running the ball as much as possible, so I, I don't think there's really any other strong option. I think he's probably the favorite. Yeah. I would say that Najee's the favorite. Oh, easily. He's not who I selected. I didn't select any of those three that you listed. Huh. I went with Trey Sermon. So here's my case for it, and it's really out of left field. Like It's probably not going to happen. I would say the only reason it won't happen, I love Trey Sermon. I, I do. He's a guy that I see myself looking more into film and reading his camp reports as much as possible. He is very, very tied up with Raheem Mostert. That so, is So yeah, so the here's the thing though. Like Mostert, what can't he do? Stay yes. healthy. Can't stay healthy. I think if Sermon is able to get on the field, the way that San Francisco can just absolutely run the football. Like 
they they run the football better than anybody in the league. It doesn't it doesn't matter who Kyle Shanahan puts back there. Like just count on a hundred yard game out of that guy. Yeah. I, I could really see like Mostert getting hurt in like week two or three and Sermon coming in and just being incredible. I also think like, it's gonna be hard for him to win it if they throw in Trey Lance quick yeah, as well. Yeah, but remember like Zeke won rookie of the year the year that Dak was like just incredible. So I can see Trey Sermon, even with Trey Lance in the game. And I still think Garoppolo is going to be the starter for like 10 weeks. I, I think Garoppolo is just going to do- win it because that's just where he is in his career right now. But I think that Sermon has like a real chance to win it if he's able to get on the field. And granted, he might not be able to get on the field, and I'm probably going to be wrong about this, but a lot of times Rookie of the Year is another one. Like you don't see that guy coming. Like Justin Jefferson last year. Did anybody think Justin Jefferson was going to do what he did last year? Not really. So I, I could see it. Uh, I don't remember who won it the year before. Uh, but, I mean, regardless, you know, it, it's just I kind of wanted to go with someone that we're not expecting because that's usually how it goes. It's usually not the guy you think is going to win it. A player I do want to throw out there is Michael Carter. Yeah, I could see that too. I'm reading up a lot about him on camp. He's another guy, especially for fantasy, which our episodes are tomorrow if you still aren't listening to that that he's working so much better than every other running back. And, I mean, every other running back is is not really a big thing to be able to say because it's Tevin Coleman and LaMichael Pirine, but but still, he's I've heard nothing but he's the guy. He's outperforming everybody else, and he's looking great in camp. The only downfall is he is on the Jets. So it, I also have the Jets not winning a lot of games, so it's going to be tough for him to show out enough to – Win that offensive player of the year, but I, I or offensive rookie of the year, which I but I think there is an an argument to be made. Defensive rookie of the year, who do you have? I have Aziz Ojolari of the New York Giants. I got Micah Parsons. There you go, everybody that wanted me to say something nice about the Giants. Have your guy oh, winning. Okay, I don't have a lot on either one of them. I, defensive player of the year is really going to come down to like who has the most sacks. To be yeah. honest, like. That's a tough one. Or impact-wise. Or defensive rookie of the year, I, I should call I would say first-year impact. Yeah, first-year impact. Do. Like, it's hard for corners to win it. So, like, a lot of people are probably going to pick Sertain, but I just don't – usually rookie corners aren't very good. They're just not. Yeah. I think the the Giants have a blossoming defense as of right now. Yeah, and they I agree. Need, they need that – and Aziz Ozlari is not strong. He's getting a lot of critiques about his, his size, but his size matches up exactly – to Von Miller when he came into the league. And Aziz Ojolari isn't as naturally talented as Von Miller was when he came into the league. But, I mean, still, that if that's, if a guy is compared size-wise to Von Miller, then I will take that winning a defensive rookie of the year award all day. And especially the impact I think he'll have in the, in the middle of the Giants defense, I think it's just it's going to be too much to say he's not the defensive rookie of the year. Really quick for Micah Parsons. I just think he's going to really improve the Cowboys' defense. I think he's going to be a tackling machine, and he's going to have a lot of sacks. Luca that's signed his extension, by the way, just now. Oh, that's big news. Yeah. Uh, we skipped Defensive Player of the Year, so go ahead. Give me your DPOY. Realistically, I think it's going to come down to Aaron, <laughs> Aaron Donald and TJ Watt again and this Aaron year. Aaron Donald will probably and Aaron win Donald it. will yeah. probably win it. But to not name one of those two, I want to throw out Miles Garrett. Oh yes, we, we have, have the, the same, same one. one. Okay. Yes, we do. I think potential like twenty sack guy. I think Miles Garrett can lead the league in sacks this year. I think like is uh, Michael Strahan's record in danger potentially? Like, there's a chance on that. I think. 
Yeah. If he's healthy, we're playing an extra regular season game. Like, you know, and he the, doesn't the, hit anybody in the head with a helmet. Yeah, I like, mean, and the offensive lines in his division aren't very good. Like, yeah, let's be honest, the Steelers isn't great. When the best offensive line in your division is the Ravens, and the Ravens, and the Ravens got worse. Yeah. Like, they lost some guys. <laughs> there's a problem like, there. There's a chance for like ten sacks in your division. I, that's kind of where I thought. I'm glad we have the same guy. I think we're on the same page there. But again, I think Aaron Donald's just going to win it yeah. because he is. Honestly, there's a case to be made that Aaron Donald's like the greatest defensive player ever. I'm not going to make it because it's Lawrence Taylor, but I there's a case it. that Aaron Donald's the greatest defensive player of all time. I, I'm almost there with him. Yeah. I, he needs to win a title for me because Lawrence Taylor did win a title and he was the driving force of that title, but... He won two of them, actually. Hey, there goes. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that title Aaron Donald oh, might get later. Jesus. <laughs> All right, this is going to be our first non-award category. This is going to be our surprise playoff team. Who do you have? So I didn't write one down. I thought we were just doing surprise team to not make the playoffs. No, we said surprise playoff team and surprise. Well, let's start. Okay, with- well let's start with surprise non-playoff team. So this is a team that made the playoffs last year. With the same expectations, and who's not going to get in? Who do you have? I have the Seattle Seahawks. Okay, I was going to have them, but I kind of figured you were going to go there, so I didn't put them down. I have the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. I. So you think one team out of that division makes the playoffs? No, I think there's potentially two, but I could see the Ravens missing it. They're going to have a tough schedule. It's not going to be a cakewalk. I think the league is starting to figure Lamar out a little bit. And if he doesn't improve as a passer, like, you know, their their offensive line didn't get better. Their defense didn't get better. Yeah, their pass catchers got a little bit better, but I don't love their pass catching situation. Like, you're really relying on Sammy Watkins, and that's not. Like, relying and Sammy Watkins in the same sentence is, it better be relying on Sammy Watkins to be hurt. That's That better be what the sentence is, and it's not. So, not loving that. And I, I'm not a Lamar guy, and I think the league's catching up to him a little bit. Yeah, um, I, I said it a lot last week when we did the NFC rankings that I think three teams in that division can make playoffs, but I won't be shocked if if two of them only make it because, I mean, realistically, it's it's Seattle's playoff spot to lose, and I think they've got it pretty locked up right now. I don't think there's a team that can step up and, and really take that from them. I think there are teams that can, but... I mean, the, the Seattle offense is, is very high-rolling. It's it's fast-paced, big guys making big plays. That it, I'll just be shocked if, if somebody like, like the Cowboys in the NFC East come and take the Seattle Seahawks' spot. Granted, I don't have the Cowboys having a very good record next year, but if CeeDee Lamb can perform like we all want to see him, Zeke comes back and wins Offensive Player of the Year like I have him doing, and Dak comes back on, on pace like he was last year to break every single passing passing record, Anything can happen. See, I think Seattle's actually going to miss the playoffs, also. But I, I knew just like I said, I, th- I knew you were going to put them. The case is, yeah, th- that division is ridiculous. If San Francisco is what we think they're going to be, and the Rams are what they we think they're going to be, and the Cardinals improve at all, like Seattle's the fourth team in that division, in my opinion. Like defensively, they're the worst team in that division. I know Arizona's defense isn't great, but they have a lot of good young pieces. And we're already seeing out of camp the presence that J.J. Watt has on a defense. Yeah, and like their pass rush has improved. Their secondary's improved. Their linebacking core is solid, and it's young, and it should be pretty explosive. Like Everything about Arizona is actually better 
than Seattle is. It's just Seattle has Russell Wilson. Like, how much can Russell Wilson elevate his team? And we saw a massive drop-off last year, like in the second half of the season. That division's going to be dip- more difficult. Like, I can see Seattle missing the playoffs. I really can. Like, that's, yeah. that's a strong possibility. So are you ready for your surprise playoff team? I am. It's a team that I've been very high on over the past few weeks. They're in the NFC. It is the Carolina Panthers. Really? Yes. Surprise playoff team. Carolina Panthers. Is this some Sam Darnold love? I've been very high on the Panthers since they got Sam Darnold and since they drafted very well that I could see them not winning their division, obviously, but making a good enough run throughout every single game. With Christian McCaffrey coming back, you have two solid wide receivers in Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. Their their coaching scheme seemed to work a little bit last year, and now they have Sam Darnold to throw the ball. I think Sam Darnold will do better this year than he ever had on the Jets. And that Panthers defense is very average, but I think with work this year, they could become above average because look at last year. They were below average, moved up to average. And I think nothing but time is going to help them because that defense is very young as well. So I won't be shocked if I see the Panthers squeak out that, that last place in the playoffs. All right, I'm probably going to be wrong here. The, there's a, it's like an 80% chance I'm wrong. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Here's the case. The division is ass. Carson Wentz never comes back or doesn't play enough games. The Texans, we don't have to talk about the Texans. They stink. Tennessee suffers an injury that their defense and their defense is just so bad that the rest of their offense can't overcome it and the Jags end up going like 10 and 7 and that's enough to win the division. Remember, Tennessee's got a tough schedule. Like they got to go they got to play Buffalo, they got to play 10 and 7. 10 and 7. That's that's enough to win a division. The Jags are going to go 10 and 7. There's a, listen, if if Trevor Lawrence comes out and maybe he's not as good as Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck went 11 and 5 with a team that won two games the year before. Like, that's pretty impressive. If Trevor Lawrence is, is, is as advertised, like, that's a strong chance that they could go 10-7 and seven and win the division. I'm not saying it's impossible. You know they're playing a shit schedule. It's going to be awful. They're playing the Jets. They're going to have the, the Raiders or the Broncos, probably the Broncos, right? Who yeah. finished last in that division, the Broncos? Whatever. They're going to yeah. have the Broncos. I, I don't know which an AFC division they play, but... As long as it's not really the North, like they should be all right. I wouldn't want to play the North. Then they're going to play some division in the NFC. Like they're going to have a pretty relatively easy schedule. Their division sucks. Like the Colts are potentially going to be bad. If Carson Wentz isn't playing, like Jacob Eason, is that doing anything for you? No. Houston, awful. Like, are they good enough to go four and zero against the Colts and the Texans? Like, yeah, they can go four and zero against those two teams. Now you just got to beat the Titans once, and they almost did that last year with Jake Luton. Like. I think it's possible. I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think it's a pretty bold prediction on my part, but there's a chance. Like ten and seven is not impossible. You go, you go five and one in your division. You're halfway there. I, I know. I so know. That's you know. That's just my case. I, I think that there's a chance there. Like I just, I looked through the, the rest of the, the rest of the divisions, and I was just kind of like, ah, that team should make the playoffs. That team is going to be awful. There wasn't a lot of variance in, in the teams. Like, that one I at least saw where they got better. And, like, they got a lot better. And their schedule is going to be easy. So that's my case. The, the Panthers one, I, I don't hate that. I think they can make the playoffs. I think that's a possibility. But 
I wouldn't bet money on either one. Like either one, I wouldn't bet money on at all. Okay. Okay. Um, let's Court- go first coach to be fired. Oh, first coach to be fired. I think this is easy for me. Oh, this is easy. I have Vic Fangio. Oh man, <laughs> I wrote him down, and then I thought that was way too boring, so I erased it's it. It's very boring. But Vic Fangio probably is the first coach to get fired. I could see them being there's like zero and seven to start the season. There's not another option. I just oh, there's another option. Oh, Mike McCarthy. There's another option. Okay, Cowboy, you're right. Cowboys yeah. start out zero and three. Everyone's caught like nooses are hanging from the rafters of AT&T Stadium for Mike McCarthy. Yeah. I think that's where we could see. And I still think the Cowboys are going to win the division, but I could see them starting out 0-4, and, and just Jerry's got to do something to get rid of him. They brought in Dan Quinn. Dan, Dan Quinn has head coaching experience. Their offensive coordinator is the kid from, used to be the Boise State quarterback there. I can't think of his name. But anyways, like they like him. There's options to replace him for a few weeks. And Mike McCarthy was awful last year. But yeah, Vic Fangio, like that's the smart man's choice. If you're betting on somebody to get fired, it's Vic Fangio. Yeah, they're destined to be like a four-win team next year. <laughs> in all seriousness. <laughs> all right, this was the topic that I thought we would have the same answer with, and I'm, I'm pretty sure we would have if I didn't go with who I think you were choosing. It is quarterback with the most pressure to succeed. I know yours. I won't say it. Mine is Justin Herbert. I just, most pressure. You have Justin Herbert. Well. I have somebody else ranked higher, but I didn't want to be boring and have the same one as you. So I'm going to go with Justin Herbert. Offensive rookie of the year last year. Improved offensive line. Running backs are seeming to prove to play, like, not running backs, but Austin well, the, Eckler. The running backs should be better because yes. Eckler's going to be healthy. Like, yeah, he was injured last year. And I'm hearing a lot of very good things out of Mike Williams progressing in training camp. And I've heard that, too. And God, doesn't that scare you? And Keenan it's Allen. It's like, do you really want to trust Mike Williams? No. And Keenan Allen is Keenan Allen. So I think he could easily hit a sophomore slump. I don't want him to because I really like Justin Herbert as a quarterback. But it wouldn't shock me if the Chargers come out and Justin Herbert is just not performing as well as he needs to or even close to as well as he did last year. But, like, is there really massive pressure on a second-year quarterback? Yes. Yeah, I think a second-year quarterback that had a really good rookie season. Because I would say that there's more pressure on Tua to succeed than Justin Herbert because Tua hasn't proven that he can do it. At least Justin Herbert, like, we've seen it and we're expecting maybe a sophomore slump even though I don't think he's going to have one, usually there is a sophomore slump. But I think it comes more from Chargers fans and L.A. media That's true too. than anything else. That is true. But I would, I mean, I would still say that Miami fans and Miami media Oh, are, Tua definitely has some pressure, but... Yeah, I, if I the, would say if that the, Tua is, is higher than If Herbert. the Miami Dolphins come out and don't make the playoffs, is anybody going to be like, well, all right, we'll just draft another quarterback next year and, or the year after that? I would. If... if Listen, I, I was talking to somebody about it the other day. You'd be surprised? Oh, no. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they draft another quarterback. Okay, yeah. I thought that's not what you were asking. No. Me. See, here's the thing. It's funny. I was talking with someone. Was it today? I think it was today. We were talking about how you are so, you're still in on Drew Locke. And maybe jokingly you're in, in on, on Drew Locke. Locke. I just love Drew Locke. But like, like, how, how long have you been on the Drew Locke is still good thing? Like three years now? No, I don't think Drew Locke is good at no, all. No, like, but you've kind of liked him. I like Drew Locke. I think he's a nice. I think he's a, a cool guy. Like, when I want Drew Locke as my team's starting quarterback, fuck no. Okay, so maybe like, maybe this was the wrong wrong player to go with. But like, you always have those guys that you don't want to give up on. 
A guy like that for me would be if Terry McLaurin comes out and has three very bad seasons. No, 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 no. I, I'm okay. Yeah, if like Terry McLaurin was bad for just continuously. Say Terry bad. McLaurin had a bad year this year. Next year, I wouldn't want the 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 football team to get rid of him. Okay, like I'm saying, like a draft pick that you're hung up on and you're just never gonna give in that he's bad. You know what I'm saying? It'll probably be Zach Wilson. Right, like you're never going to give up on Zach Wilson if he's bad. Yes. Sam Darnold for you. You've always kind of liked Sam yeah, Darnold. Yeah, it, it, it could be you, Sam Darnold. You haven't given up on him yet. No. Like, for me, I know when it's time to give up. Kyler Murray would have been my, like, if Kyler Murray had been bad his first two years, I still would be like, no, Kyler Murray's good, and here's the reasons why. <laughs> like, with Tua, I was, uh, Tua's going to be good, but the first year is going to be rough for him because he didn't get to practice. It's been a weird season. Like, don't expect a lot out of him. I am six bad games of Tua. I'm six bad games from giving up on Tua. That's okay. where I am with him. So is Tua your guy? No, Tua's okay. not my guy. Tua would be second for me, though. I think there's a lot of pressure on him. Okay. He cannot come out and have a bad year. Like, he just can't. They, they have to be like four and two in their first six games. Because if they're not, we're going to be hearing, see, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a Hall of Famer, and I'm not fucking going to listen to that shit. I'm not going to do it. My no, my quarterback with the most pressure, and I've talked about this. It is Baker Mayfield. This is who I had written down. I yeah, just knew you we were going. It's with him. Baker Mayfield. He needs to get to the AFC title game. I've said it. That's the expectation for me. It, it has to be there. It, you can't have that roster. We just said Miles Garrett could win Defensive Player of the Year. Like you got to get something done for me. Don't be the reason your team isn't good. If the team stinks because the team stinks, okay, I'll live with that. But. If the team looks incredible and the defense is holding teams to like 17 points and the offense is great when they're running the ball, but if any time Baker goes to throw, it's like, oh boy, I hope he doesn't throw a pick here. And can we also talk about how realistically the Browns defense, a Browns defensive player could win both awards? Because we're, I'm not counting out Jeremiah Wusukoromoa coming out and, and, oh, his defensive and winning of the year. defensive that's rookie a, of that's the year. A, there's a possibility on that one. Like, yeah. So... I agree with you. I had Baker Mayfield written down, but I thought for a second, oh, wait, Garrett's going to have the same guy as me. Let me switch it up. Baker Mayfield is my number one. He, easily. The, the Browns made the playoffs last year, made it to the second round, and gave the Chiefs a run for their money. Yes, Patrick Mahomes went out with injury. So what? You still were in a close game with you the Browns. You need to win that game. That's yeah. the thing. Like Baker didn't get it done. So if Baker comes out and leads the Browns to winning that division, like everyone thinks he's going to, and doesn't let all of the pressure go get to his head and fall apart, even during the regular season, which is a very good possibility, and leads the Browns to a playoff win or two, and he should be bringing the Browns to the AFC Championship game. All I'm saying is, A, there's no excuse not to win the division. Yeah. Division needs to be won. Like, you can't win the division. Now we're really in trouble. Number two, there's a lot to be said about a guy that has that many commercials that has had that little success. I like Baker Mayfield. I don't love him. Like, his extension's coming up here. Josh Allen just got extended. Lamar is coming. Baker is up too. Are you comfortable giving Baker Mayfield a massive extension if he can't get it done this year? Yes. Really? Yeah. Like, they listen, lose in the first round. Listen, listen, and, listen to this, though. Okay. How many quarterbacks have the Browns went through before Baker Mayfield? I, I understand that. But, like I said with Evan Fournier and the Knicks, teams get in trouble when they give money to the wrong guy. Look at the, look at the football team. Look what they did. They said, Kirk Cousins, here's the franchise tag. Play on that again. Kirk Cousins, here's another franchise tag. You know what, Kirk Cousins? We really don't want to pay you $83 million guaranteed over three years. You know what? 
we'll find our next guy. Granted, they haven't really found that next guy yet because it's hard to find that next guy. But what has Kirk Cousins ever done to deserve that money? Nothing. I will say Baker Mayfield has a playoff win. Kirk Cousins can't really say. No, actually, Kirk Cousins did win a playoff game, didn't he? He has one playoff win under his belt. Or maybe two. He might have two. But it is really hard for me to say the Browns should cap-strap themselves for Baker Mayfield if he can't get to the AFC title this game this year. I would say if they can't do that, it's DEFCON 1 for Cleveland, and you're going to be franchise-tagging him, and then you're going to franchise-tag him again, and then you're going to have to make the massive decision. That's where I'm at. But as a, we're going to take the fan base out of it. As a staff member of the Cleveland Browns, say you're the Cleveland Browns owner. Are you willing to go through all of those years of constant struggle to find a quarterback? Mind you, the Browns roster right now is better than it's ever been. So if you got a quarterback, say they got a very could, bad quarterback right, year but after couldn't year. they get a guy in free agency? What, don't Can you they? think that they could sign somebody in free agency that's legitimate? Oh. We see guys leave teams all the time now. It's, it's, the problem is, like, yeah, they, they spent 20-something years looking for a quarterback— a, I think it's a lot easier to find quarterbacks in the draft now. I think that we've gotten a lot better at actually being able to determine whether or not somebody's going to be good. Like before, I think it was like a twenty-five percent success rate. Now it's closer to fifty. But with the Browns roster that they have right now, say they aren't able to pick anybody up in free agency and they let Baker walk, is the roster that the Browns have right now good enough, bad enough, I should say, to get them a top ten pick in a draft? It's good enough to get to ten, or it's it's it. If you don't have a quarterback, like that, can really be tough to win games. Okay, but here's the other thing. Like, let's say this: if you put Jared Goff on the Browns, can the Browns win the Super Bowl? Are they at least capable of getting there? Jared Goff. Swap out Jared Goff for Baker Mayfield. It's so tough to say no because Jared Goff was just in a Super Bowl. Jared Goff made a, made it to a Super Bowl. The guy that the Lions banished to Detroit for Matt Stafford, who's never won a playoff game. That's what they thought of Jared Goff. Baker Mayfield's done what? He has one playoff win when the Steelers absolutely just had diarrhea and decided they couldn't play that day. That's his playoff win. Like, Jared Goff has had more success than that, and what does everybody think of Jared Goff? People think Jared Goff is awful. They're, like, super mean to that guy. It's like the Blake Bortles thing where everybody hated on Blake Bortles. We treat Jared Goff the same way. That's just where I'm at with Baker. I need to see it. You got to prove that you can actually be the reason your team wins, not the team wins in spite of you, and that's where I've been with him. I'm just there. No, I I agree. I I think if Baker doesn't make it to an AFC champ, or at least perform well in the playoffs... No, I need need an AFC title game. Unless you're losing to the Chiefs. That's the only only excuse. You can lose to the Chiefs. I have... I won't accept the Bills' okay. loss because the Bills have not made the Super Bowl. The Bills are not that team yet. I will accept the loss to the Chiefs. Okay. You can't lose to the Bills, though, because so, I think they could have beaten the Bills last year. Let's let's go into that. We had. I'm going to move into my Super Bowl predictions and my AFC Championship game predictions. My AFC Super Bowl is I have the Bills making it to the Super Bowl. In the NFC, I have the Rams. My NFC Championship game, I have the Buccaneers and the Los Angeles Rams. In the AFC, I have the Bills and the Browns. I have said it from the start. I don't think the, the Chiefs are going to perform well in this year's 
playoffs. I think there's going to be a little bit of regression out of all of their players. A little bit out of regression out of some players, some of their key players, i.e. Travis Kelsey for one of them. And I think they're going to lose in the second round. I think they'll probably be the best team in the AFC in the regular season. They're second best team in the AFC in the regular season. They win their first playoff game, and then I have them probably playing the Browns in the second round. So if the Browns make it to the second round and play the Chiefs and lose to the Chiefs, I'm perfectly okay with that. But I have the Browns beating the Chiefs and making it to the AFC Championship game. So if, if it plays out like that, and in the second round, the Browns play the Chiefs again, you're, you're completely okay with that? You're if saying the lose, Browns would lose to the Chiefs. Browns lose to the Chiefs if the, again if the in Browns the second round. If the Browns lose to the Chiefs, I will accept okay. that. Because no matter the round. So say that, what if they play them? Yeah, in, they play them in the first round and they lose to the Chiefs. You know what? I can survive with that because you're you losing to Patrick Mahomes, who's been in the okay. Super Bowl the last two years. I will, like I said, that in the AFC is the only acceptable loss before the title game. Okay. It's the only acceptable loss to me. That's it. Everything else is a failure. Your, your acceptable losses are to the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC title game to the Bills. You're allowed to lose to the Bills in the AFC title game. and Bills or Chiefs, nobody else? Bills, Chiefs. If New England's good, I'll give you New England. You're allowed to lose to them because Belichick's got the experience. That's an acceptable team to okay. lose to. And I would say there's another one. I would say the Chargers would be another acceptable team. Maybe, I wouldn't. Maybe the Titans. It depends on how good the Titans I, look I this wouldn't. year. I would probably you, you cap would it say off as Bills and Chiefs. Okay. I, I say the Patriots because the winning culture if and what Belichick can do to quarterbacks sometimes, like I think that's an acceptable win. But those are the teams that I think that would it be an acceptable loss? Yeah, the Browns. The Browns are my my third best team in the AFC. I just went and back and looked as at my they list. should be. Yeah. like they should be. So if they're not losing to anybody that is is known right now as better than them, then I'm I'm unhappy. I, I'm not as unhappy as you as to where it might be time to rethink Baker's future long term in the on the Browns. Well, I just wouldn't extend him. I'd at least put him on the franchise tag twice and still see what I've got. I'm definitely yeah. not giving him an extension this year. It's not happening. Like. No way. Unless not, one of those things happen. Yeah, I mean, if they get to the Super Bowl and they win it, okay, there you go. Oh, you're yeah. good. Like, go ahead. We're fine. Well, we will. When you win the Super Bowl, you're allowed to be wrong like five times. You're allowed to get five things wrong, basically. So if they win the Super Bowl, they extend Baker and Baker's ass for the next five years. I can live with it because they won a Super Bowl. But no, that, that's those are the acceptable answers. Your NFC, you had the Rams and the Bucks in the title in the game, championship correct? game. Yes, in the championship game. Okay, and. I have the Rams winning. Oh, you have the you have I have Ma- the Rams and the you have you have Matt Stafford beating Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. <laughs> in the <laughs> NFC title game, which are real okay. All I right. have Bills Rams Super Bowl. Oh my God, Bills Rams. That okay. is another hill this season that I will die on. Is that the you Rams? You want to die on that? We're gonna have to write these down on the board afterwards. Yeah, uh, just our Super Bowl picks. Um, so let me ask you a couple questions here. Does uh, Patrick Mahomes still play for the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, unless something's happened. He plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. Did uh, did the Chiefs improve their offensive line this this uh, this offseason? Yeah, they improve it. They they got Orlando Brown. We like Joe Tooney. Joe Tooney's pretty good. Yeah, Uh, Kyle Long is pretty good. Right. Yeah, they they got some pieces there. Yeah, is their offense still pretty much the same? Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, they lost Sammy Watkins. That's a big loss. Are they still primed to like maybe go get a receiver if someone becomes available, like for a fourth round pick? Sure, why not? They could go do that, right? Okay. Defenses, you know, not awful, but they still got some playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, yeah. pretty good, right? Okay. Give me the Chiefs in the in the Super Bowl. Like that's that's pretty easy. That's fine. 
I mean, you know, I get your your Buffalo Bills hype and the Browns hype and all that other hype, but just just give me Patrick Mahomes. Like, I I can't even stand the guy. I think I hate the Chiefs, but that's just because I'm I'm a fan of another team. Uh, let me ask you another question. Tom Brady still play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? <laughs> yeah, he still play for them. Yeah. Did they lose anybody of any note in in the offseason? They they kept them all right. They yeah. got him. Gronk, he's still there. <laughs> a, they brought yeah, the AB best, back. The second best team tight end of all time. Oh, don't don't go there. They got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, right? Yeah. Devin White, Levante David. Yeah. Sue, Vita Vea. <laughs> just just give me Tampa. I, I'll I'll take the chalk. I'm taking chalk on this one. Come on, people. Let's be honest here. There's two picks, and your little your little Rams pick over there, they're losing to the Packers. Just just be prepared for that. Packers are going to have a better year than them. The Packers are going to lose in the Aaron Rodgers Invitational like they always do. They're going to get there, and then they're going to lose to, you know, that guy, that mean little guy down in Tampa there. He's, he's going to wipe the floor with them again. You're just so wrong about everything. It's not even funny. I, Bucks, how can I be wrong about Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes? It's what everybody wants. You're so boring. It's not boring. I don't want to be wrong. You're so boring. I'm taking the pick that should be right. And I'm definitely not going to pick the Browns, which would be my other team. I'm I'm not picking the Bills. I don't trust them. I would pick the Browns over the Bills, and I'm not picking the Browns after my little Baker Mayfield soliloquy right there. Like, I can't. I can't pick the Browns after I just questioned everything about Baker Mayfield. So, pick oh, them all right. We boy. have a third thing written down on the board. I'm going to try to get... One thing every episode written down on that board. The board's gonna. We're gonna need a bigger board. We're gonna need a bigger that board. Fi- that was a fifty dollar board. Like, we're gonna, we're gonna need, need a bigger that, boat. We're gonna need that hundred dollar board pretty soon. <laughs> we're gonna need a bigger boat. We might need a bigger boat. As you're, you're just so wrong about everything oh that you have God. on your side. I can't over wait there. to be wrong about all three of those things. Or wrong. yeah, I can't wait. For I can't you wait for me to be, wrong wrong to be right about all three too. of those things. All right, guys, that's gonna do it for this week's episode. Uh, like we said in the beginning, check us out on Twitter at highly undisputed without the e going to plug it just for a second time there and uh get ready to tune in next week and also this week for our third fantasy episode we're going to be tackling what tomorrow uh wide receivers or mock draft it's going to be it's still up in the air we're going to go up in the air with that we might go mock draft who knows people are getting close to their drafts we might want to get one done before uh before then yeah so we will hear from you you guys will hear from us tomorrow well thursday Thursday. Oh, and tomorrow for this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see you guys twice this week. Later, guys.